It's good to see everyone. So there was a question before everyone got in and settled about what it was like to. Um, so I've been I've been on retreat the last couple of weeks, um, but I also determined that I wanted to keep the programs going. So I have been coming into the meditation center to offer the Wednesday evening and Saturday morning programs. And I was sharing uh, the, the question was, uh, were there any takeaways from this period of retreat? And there are a couple that I thought I would just mentioned everyone because people started people were coming in and they heard part of the the answer and i just wanted to share it with everyone so at the beginning of the retreat most of the time i was at the hermitage which for those of you who have visited or even watched the the tour we have online you have kind of a sense of what that's like with these beautiful enormously tall redwood trees and um, the the nature is so immediate and um, all all kind of present <laughs> and uh, one of the things that was happening during this you know shortish retreat of two weeks is that I had to from time to time talk with a contractor who's still working on the one of the the cooties. so there were some interruptions but it was a very lovely time and one of the one of the takeaways from the retreat is that regardless of how long we've been practicing and i've heard this from monastics who have been in the robes 40 years you know saying there can be persistent old patterns that come up when you get quiet and it may take a little time before you, you remember how to deal with it. <laughs> so you, you may think, oh, yeah, I know all about this. I've seen this many times before, but it still can grab hold of the mind and not want to let go. And so it's useful to just know that that's part of the practice. So a lot of times um, we know we want to let go, but we can't. In fact, I uh, heard Ajahn Amaro quote Ajahn Chah, if you're willing to have the quote upon quote here, <laughs> that he said like 60 to 70% of, of the practice is knowing you should let go and not being able to do it. <laughs> so working with how do, you, how do you put things down? And um, the other part of the, the retreat um, experience for me was that kind of about directly in the middle of it, our roof started leaking. And as many of you already know, the leak was right above the head of my bed. So um, I actually had to come into, into the retreat, into the meditation center in town anyway to teach. And I just stayed here. We haven't fixed that problem yet. But I'll go back today, and um, it may have gotten fixed yesterday. We'll see. But in any case, uh, you know, there's always the unexpected change and things that happen. And it was interesting practicing at the Hermitage and then practicing here, being entirely by myself here, 
most of the time and having um, that kind of quiet and then also having the beautiful natural setting uh, in the forest and that kind of quiet and you know just remembering that it's possible to practice pretty much anywhere um, it makes it uh, easier when we don't expect to have a perfect environment when we have high expectations and this is easy to develop when we have when our opportunities for retreat are in um, you know a retreat center where everything's taken care of and managed and we can have high expectations about the the quality of the environment and a lot of times those expectations aren't met because other things happen there too so it's good to to develop some resilience and acceptance of you know what whatever might be there you can still practice and that's my not so short answer <laughs> thank you for the question um <clears throat> and it is related a bit to what i wanted to talk about today i think a theme that's been coming up is, is about how to um, put things down, but also about how, how to deal with feeling like we don't fit in. Um, I think everybody sometimes feels like they're in a situation where they don't belong. And this has been kind of something running through various people's lives right now. And, you know, how do we address that? How do we work with that? And I, of course, I love coming back to what the Buddha said about how we can be with people and how we can be in groups and there are a couple of things he talked about. One thing that he talked about is that we should know the characteristics of the different groups that we associate with. And he talked about understanding the different groups that he teaches and that this is good to be clear about. And so, you know, when we, when we are at work, it's a different experience than when we're with our family, you know, some of, some people talked about having just gone to visit family or being together with family. Someone talked with me recently about anticipating a family visit and wanting to know how to handle it in a way, you know, some of the things that might come up. And, and so understanding what this context, the social context really carries with it is really helpful. And it's helpful to, if you have experience with that uh, collection of people or with an individual that has been challenging in the past to be able to think about what might arise, because a lot of the same things are likely to come up again. And then how would what would you want to 
address it this time, how to be kind, how to be compassionate, how to be um, clear about what's okay and what isn't. And there is this, uh, this other part of this, which is about feeling like we don't belong or feeling like maybe we're not the same as others. And somehow that's, um, well, it can be very uncomfortable, not feeling like we're not really accepted. And what do we do? And so one thing to reflect on is what the Buddha said matters and what doesn't matter, which I've talked to talked about a number of times, but you know, all these distinctions we make about ourselves and about other people that are really just the one translation is verbal distinctions they're just labels. So a whole bunch of differences among us that really aren't important that we shouldn't discriminate over. The ones that the Buddha said are important are about developing our morality and, um, you know, our, our uh, development of our minds. And it's not like we would ever want to uh, think, oh, I'm, I'm better because I've got, you know, the Buddha says that too, don't ever like puff yourself up and put others down because you feel like, oh, I've got this really good morality. I've got good, you know, sila, I've got good samadhi. That's, um, that's never going to be um, the right approach. But to appreciate that the things that really matter can be found in, and, and some are found in all of us, and that we can um, put attention on those things and develop some inner confidence around the things that matter, that we're doing, that we're working with, that we're developing in ourselves. And in some way, when we feel that kind of inner confidence and we're in a group where we don't feel that we fit in, it won't make much difference to us. It's okay. Sometimes it's better not to fit in, as you well know. <laughs> and um, to really appreciate that, to understand that we can have this depth of understanding ourselves, knowing ourselves, knowing what it is we are developing, and that confidence can help us be comfortable, even in um, places where maybe nobody has much respect for that. We do ourselves. I, I come back when I think about things like this, I come back to that sutta and the Anguttara Nikaya that I, that I talk about frequently um, called powers. And it's, it's in the book of nines, it's nine five. And it's, it's in the book of nines because it talks about these, these four powers and the five fears that you never have to have if you develop these four powers. And one of those fears is being timid in an assembly, which is one I don't usually talk about very much, but this idea, I think that we feel uncomfortable somehow in a group 
and maybe we feel like we don't belong or we're not really welcome or whatever. But the Buddha said, if we develop these four powers, we never have to feel that way. And it first starts with the power of wisdom, knowing what's wholesome and what's unwholesome, what's, what's, you know, he said, praiseworthy, what's blamable, you know, and, and he goes through a, a series of those um, dual uh, qualities to just, but the idea being, you know, what's the difference between right and wrong, if you will, or what's helpful and what's not, you know? And so if you think about, I don't know if you've had the situation, I certainly have, being in a workplace where um, there's a very different kind of set of values than the ones that I have. And that can lead to feeling like you don't fit in. Um, when I was working in high tech, about half of my 15 years um, was working as a regular employee in companies and about half of it was doing contract work at a lot of different companies. And so when going into a lot of different companies, you can really see how different they are, what they, what they really value and what people get rewarded for. And there was one company in this whole experience in particular that you know, they were really pressuring people to lie to customers to, um, you know, like do things that really weren't appropriate, kind of manipulative and, you know, to, to be able to identify what, whether regardless of what the spoken values are, to identify what really is going on, and then to recognize, you know, like, not going along with it. I mean, uh, this one might be obvious. <laughs> it doesn't have to be quite that blatant, but to to be on the outside of that is a good thing. But to really be clear so that we don't get pulled in and go along with things that we really don't agree with, we have to have that clarity of what really is wholesome and unwholesome. And then the second power that the Buddha said we should develop is the energy to develop the wholesome and resist and, and let go of the unwholesome. And the third power is living blamelessly. So you can see how it all builds on itself, on, on, on each one. And that, that having that feeling of even though I make mistakes, even though I'm learning, even though, you know, maybe even what I did yesterday isn't the best, and I'm going to see how I can, like, um, improve that without getting crazy perfectionistic, which I have the possibility to do, <laughs> but to really be able to accept um, our own um, Sort of stage that we're at, and it's it's okay, and to really recognize this as a process, to feel, you know, in general, like we're living in a way that's blameless, and then if we encounter a situation where maybe we feel uncomfortable, we can remember that, and we can go, wait, I'm I'm okay. I can walk through this with my head up. I don't have to 
um, kind of be overwhelmed by any kind of negativity around who I am and what I'm doing. And then the fourth power is sustaining favorable relationships. And there again, it looks, it's looking at like, what relationships do we want to strengthen? And what do we, what do we want to just let go by? So people frequently bring up you know, what do I do in my work life as I'm developing my, you know, Buddhist principles um, when there's a lot going on that really isn't very wholesome? And of course, that brings us back to that question of when's the right time to step away and leave, find something else. And that that's not an easy question to answer. It depends on you know what we're really um there are a lot of there are a lot of factors sometimes we'll stay in such situations for good reasons but we have to then even become stronger internally so i, I feel like this is something that um those favorable relationships can really help us with you know, like, um, it was interesting during the retreat, coming back to this experience of a very strong dose of an old pattern of mine. And I decided to talk with Ayachetananda. We went for a walk. And it was like, it shifted the whole thing. It's funny how, you know, like, I people ask me for advice, and I talk with them, and they tell me that it's helpful. And then when it comes to myself, I talk to my sister <laughs> because that's how it works. You know, we're dealing with our own stuff. You know, when we're on our own, when we're dealing with our own stuff, we can't always see it clearly. It can be really helpful to have a trusted friend that we can talk with and they can reflect back to us the, the things we've forgotten or that we that we can gain some um, support from. I'm curious if this seems like an important topic to you or if this feels like, oh, yeah, I know that. <laughs> And if that's the case, like, how would you, is there anything here that you'd like to ask about or drop into this conversation if we want to switch to a conversation, which I think would be great, um, around belonging, not belonging, accepting each other on all of those dimensions that aren't really important um, in terms of our spiritual development or development of our character um, and supporting one another maybe those are some of the topic areas for today any comments or questions yes Lane. 
Aya, I'm so grateful you're talking about this topic. And actually, I was so stuck about this week. Um, I was so stunned. Everything you said was just spoke to my heart and the troubles I've been pondering for years. And um, first of all, uh, as an Asian living in Europe, there are some challenges to fit in. <laughs> And I also, um, I mean, that was not too bad. Um, but after I found the spiritual path, um, I'm so grateful. I really found so hard to become more and more fit in my workplace. And um, I'm, I feel like I'm very fortunate to, I mean, work in a school. I'm a primary school teacher. But even that, I, I like what you just said. Um, you know, like um, things, you know, I, I don't want to go have a drink with the people. Um, and I already notice, you know, have negativities. Um, and but when we get together, people just like backbiting and complaining. <laughs> it's really draining. Um, when you're working hard, people find you are, I just find really hard to fit in the, the only beautiful moments like I'm with my kids, my students. Um, but I mean, what you just said was somehow, somehow opened my heart to see like, you know, it is wisdom what I really need um, to see what's the matter, you know, the wholesome, what is wholesome, what is not wholesome. Um, but I do have sometimes wondering, um, because this very favorable relationship was so wonderful, but it's just only online. Mm -hmm. And um, and I can't access you or friends 24 hours. <laughs> uh, and um, um, but I know I have to depend on myself. But sometimes like this week, a moment was so hard. And even my son noticed Mm -hmm. um that was moment in i couldn't fit in a school coming back um i don't know how to deal with that i mean i spent me like 24 hours couldn't sleep mm -hmm. um had a really hard time and now it's getting a bit better i was thinking okay maybe those emotions are just seizing um but i wish you know i could have um maybe i should just ca carry on with the developed patience uh, endurance or um, have something other advice would be really appreciated. Sorry, I'm mumbling. No, I'm very, okay. very appreciative. Thank you so much. Surely. So one thing that comes to mind when we have a situation, I mean, it's, it's, first of all, whatever we feel, we want to turn towards that and be with that feeling, not ever try to sort of stuff it down so you know i think we need to say that over and over just because it's such a strong tendency to want to gloss over it push it away and it doesn't work so being present with that and then evaluating the situation is like how much does it have really have to do with you so this is an important part you know like what comes into play when we don't fit in is how do we work with criticism, if that's the case. Uh, and it may not be the case here, but 
you know, a lot of times, you know, we either feel criticized or are directly criticized. And then, you know, to have this, the inner confidence around how we're conducting ourselves and we know when we make a mistake or we feel like when we hear the, the feedback, we can see there's something I should change and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. We can, we can admit it. We can say, all right, let's, you know, see how I can do this differently. And then maybe the situation isn't anything about us, but we get drawn into it because of the, the, you know, like very intense feelings around what's happening, or we might have judgments about other people. And it's just see if we can soften around that a bit. Like you said, maybe in that kind of case where it's not really about us, can we see the suffering in the other people? Can we see the suffering and the, the toxicity of the patterns that other people have? We have our own toxic patterns that we want to be working with and be clear about. But when we see this in other people, maybe we can take a position of more compassion, not putting ourselves above at, at all, because any, anything can arise in us too, those things can, can come up, but to, but to really see the suffering. And I don't know if any of these um, examples hit on the situation you were having, Ling. Yeah, I think some of them you mentioned, yes. Some of them, it's, I, 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 I don't know if, if it was totally true, but I have feeling I'm not really fitting the school's culture. Like I go there working really early, like start at 30. Normally people come late, leave early. <laughs> I'm kind of opposite. Uh -huh. And whatever I do, I actually getting even more work. Mm. Um, and just really opposite, like everything, I already done a lot to give in and I feel like people a lot of jealousy, but uh, I trying to use this method like, you know, understand the suffering and accept them because I'm working in IT domain and a lot, a lot complain. I'm also teaching mm -hmm. kids. Um, so um, I've, I feel like I'm really struggled quite a lot. And there were a lot of success with the kids, with the students, but I feel like I'm more and more away from the staff, uh, my, my colleagues. Um, so I'm, I'm a little bit stuck, but I guess I just have to figure it out, keep practicing. Yeah. I and mean, you're welcome to contact me and we can talk about specifics if you'd like. Um, because th there's no pat answer for any uh, situation. We kind of have to look, you're having good success with the students and yet how does it work with the staff? It, it depends, really depends on what they're, they're doing um, and how much it affects you. So I'd be happy to talk about it with you if you want to, but just in general for all of us, it's like when we're evaluating the situation, we can use the Buddha's 
criteria of are my own wholesome qualities increasing or decreasing? Are my unwholesome qualities increasing or decreasing? And so seeing like if our wholesome qualities are increasing, even when we're around people who are not, not the way we are, um, maybe that's okay because maybe what we're seeing is how you know, how that works for them, uh, you know, if it's something like coming in late, leaving early, you know, I don't know. And, and I, I know the situation of, you know, you work hard and then they give you more work. That's, it's, that's a tough one. Um, and maybe there's a, a way to, um, you know, really adjust our, your own, Maybe there's a good reason to adjust your own approach. Yeah. Really look at that. Thank you so much. Nothing to say in regards. Yeah, Misty. Um, You're welcome. Uh, also, I think it's important to, especially in a work situation, to be able to set your boundaries um, with people. Yeah. And, um, yeah. You, you know, we really want to help people. We really, she really wants to help our kids and teach them, but, um, um, you know, being able to assert our boundaries and what we can take on. Boundaries are very important. Um, we're going to do a day long on boundaries. Yeah. I know you know that already, but it's like, um, being able to get a good sense of where those boundaries can be and how that relates to our own perceptions of ourselves. So it's, it's very, very important to, um, this is part of, I think, what comes from that inner clarity about what we're doing, what we value, and what we're trying to develop in ourselves. Yeah, thank you. Kimatana? Thank you, Aya. Um... I'm sitting here wondering if there's there's a couple different aspects to this feeling of that that we don't belong. Um, on one hand, it seems like that you know I'm kind of comparing myself to others, meaning like I'm I'm observing these people and you know their values and how they behave and how they conduct themselves, if you will, um, doesn't really match how I behave and my values. And that feeling of not fitting in is because of the differences in those, uh, those, those, uh, the differences between those two. Um, for me, it seems like that that can create that, that sense of, of um, you know, not belonging. But on the other hand, it also seems like um, that it can be a reflection of myself, meaning, um, you know, these people, they seem like they're really well put together they talk well and it's kind of it, it kind of it seems like it goes back to this idea that, that I'm not good enough and then that can kind of create this sense of I don't belong and kind of this isolation um, I'm kind of wondering what you think about that or if you have any uh, opinions or thoughts about that thank you yeah thank you Kimatana I do and I I'm you're reminding me of a of a boy that I know who's really, really bright with regard to certain things. And there are some other things that there's just like, you know, um, he, he doesn't relate to at all, like in terms of like 
school activities or learning style or whatever. And, you know, it's, it's hard, um, but it's important for us to develop our own valuing of our abilities and ourselves. This, this may sound, um, I think as we become more inclusive and accepting of the different ways we deal with life, learn, um, you know, behave, all of which are within the bounds of, you know, decency and morality, but those differences that we might judge ourselves on, like not feeling good enough, and yet looking at all the things that are good in ourselves, developing that level of confidence. And I'm not talking about like puffing up the ego. I mean, it's kind of interesting, but we can hold all of this in the context of letting go of this identity of self, but we have to have this kind of good understanding of who we are first, in a sense, if that makes sense. You know, so I'm thinking about this kid who often feels like he's not good enough. And yet in some, along some dimensions, he's brilliant. He just isn't like the other kids. And it's like, or quite a few of them. So I don't know of anyone, and I can't imagine really going through human life without having these times when sometimes we don't feel, we feel like we don't fit in or we feel like we don't belong. I imagine that happens to everyone in some case. But when we have this kind of um, experience a lot, it can be hard to develop our own inner safety, confidence. And how do we do that? Well, one thing that really helps is the voices around us helping us to see our value. Um, and, but developing that for ourselves, like we're adults, we're not kids. So we can look at, you know, here's what the Buddha taught. And he said, be an island unto yourself, balancing that with having this good spiritual friendship, but also like developing that own inner confidence about right and wrong. You know, that when we're really looking at what matters, it's sila, samadhi, and panya moral virtue, development of the mind, wisdom. And then, you know, yeah, we may have very different other kinds of behaviors or ways of expressing ourselves and, and to really be open and accepting of that in ourselves and in others. So I think it's, you know, like the Buddha, he also often, this kind of approach seems to be first you notice the situation as it is. You notice, we notice what we're thinking about ourselves in regard to these other people. And then we, you know, so there's a kind of baseline acceptance of the situation as it is. And then we start to look at like, bringing in other aspects that are true and real, 
you know, like, okay, there is this way that I'm not like these other people, but there are these other ways that are beneficial to my growth development, to the way I can be with others, you know, that are not the same as what other people are doing, but they have this positive value. And then continuing to recognize the good. And the Buddha's, you know, the way he would talk about it is if you're meditating and you see what's going on in the mind, and then you, you're present with that, and then you bring in something to uplift the mind. And so in the same way, can we do that in our, in our own kind of mental states, whether we're meditating or not? And, and recognize the value that we bring and recognize the value that other people bring that who may not also may not fit the mold um, so perfectly. Thank you, Aya. I really appreciate that. Um, you know, I, I really kind of noticed uh, this like at work, you know, kind of being relatively new um, in the engineering uh, aspect of, of IT. Um, you know, the, the, the people that, that I work with are absolutely brilliant. And I find myself kind of um, setting this expectation for myself that I need to be like them. I need to be at their level, but in reality, that that's not, I, I <laughs> that's not reasonable to myself. Um, so what I what I find is that I have to be, you know, just kind of scale it back and like, okay, I'm not at their level. I'm learning, mm -hmm. and th and that's okay. I'm I'm make mistakes, and that that's okay. That you know, I'm a human being. Um, and and uh, yeah, I also find that that these people. Um, are really kind of cutthroat. Like they will just stab each other in the back like crazy. And, and it's really, um, I, I don't participate in it. Um, you know, people will sit there and tell me, you know, how, you know, all this kind of garbage and I just sit there and listen. And uh, what, I, what I've been kind of noticing is instead of, uh, you know, personalizing what they're saying is, is just, uh, you know, try to bring some caring and some compassion to the conversation. You know, maybe that, you know, maybe that person's having a bad day or, you know, so, you know, say, you know, try to add something positive to it. That, that's what I've been trying to practice with, um, especially at work. Um, so I'm really glad that, that you brought up this, uh, this topic. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Kimitana. It's like, I think one of the main points for today is just becoming more conscious of what's happening because we probably can find ways of addressing things better, but first we have to be really aware of what's going on and, and especially how we're feeling as a lot of times we sort of discount what we're feeling. And if we are present with that feeling, it can help inform us and we can understand better, like how the things that are happening now relate to my conditioning in the past and how, you know, actions that I might take, I can actually make choices about that. Otherwise it might just be running kind of on the screen. You broke up there. Yeah. You froze again. Yeah, we're freezing a lot. 
Nita, would you go in the back and open the doors? Because I think maybe there's uh, might help getting. Our internet is unstable too. And I see other people moving. Oh, okay. There was a question in the chat. Rose, now. So, Denny, can you hear me? Yes, yes. yes. Um, okay. um, I'm noticing uh, this come up in, in real time, like, like right now, like... Uh, trying to rehearse what I'm going to say and uh, and thinking, oh, I'm afraid of, of that I don't belong to this group. There's a, I mean, I mostly do, but there's also that thing of like, I, I got, I'm, I'm speaking now. So I have to, there's this sort of pressure. Like I gotta, I gotta get this right. And I feel my hands sweating. I feel my a shortness of breath and uh, and sometimes I feel uh, and I, I think it especially came up in this this retreat of uh, that there's something irretrievably broken about me, about like the way that I was when I was five, uh, wanting to belong and, and grow up growing up in a family that was quite abusive and and how that stays with me mm -hmm. that there's something essentially wrong mm -hmm. with me I just want that feeling to go away because I know I belong here I know that I'm not going to say anything outrageous <laughs> that I'm fine. And I was struck when I first checked in that uh, how I, when I said, I love you, I didn't plan on saying that. I just did because it just felt like I do. But when you said back, remember, we love you as well. How profoundly moving that was to me. Because I know that. And yet I, I need to hear it. I need that in my life to, to hear that. And, and sometimes I feel like, oh, I'm just too needy. I just, at the, at the, and right, right in this moment, I know that I'm not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yet there's this feeling, this other voice saying, like, shut up. Shut up. Oh. <laughs> and uh and 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 I I started to notice that as I was about to share that I'd stopped listening. And then I but then when you said something about um listening, I began to listen and how 
my breath changes, my, I say, oh, I'm just called to listen. I will be fine. And um, so it really is wonderful to have this community, but to be in a community where we're silent for 10 days, how no one in that group said, I love you, no one. And yet I felt nothing but that, how in a silent community, how we would eat together and sort of move out of the way for each other. And there was just, it was so easy there and how I, I'm, I'm craving that. Uh, uh, and sometimes I'm craving the very thing that I already have. Like I'm, so, so thank you for all of you for being here and for all your wisdom, for your faces. It, I find it so, so helpful. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for sharing with us. Sure. Neil. Ah, well, as always, Denny, you have a tendency to speak my heart as well as your own. And I appreciate that. Um, and I think we can see from all the hands that went up so quickly that this is indeed a topic that we, I'm sure, all can relate to. Um, and there's so much uh, that, that I could ask about this, and it's all kind of tangled up. But one thing that popping into my mind is um, a scene from an old Betty Davis movie, uh, Now Voyager. And, you know, when I think about how every, every social situation I'm in, I feel like I just don't belong. How can I make myself feel like I belong? And I'm starting to see that there's this fine line between not feeling good enough or not feeling equal and feeling that I'm better than. Um, I, I hate to admit that out loud. And the reason why this scene keeps popping into my head from the Betty Davis movie is She's talking to this little girl. Uh, they're in like a, like a rest home for people. And um, this little girl just doesn't fit in at all. And um, she says, the little girl saying, nobody likes me, nobody likes me. And Betty Davis says, well, do you like them? And she says, no, I hate them. <laughs> and... And, she, and Betty Davis says, well, you're going to have to learn 
that if you want people to like you, you're going to have to like them. And it's one of the many scenes in that movie that always makes you cry. Um, and so I, I have to keep reminding myself when I'm in this situation where I'm standing back, you know, literally being a wallflower. Um, well, you know, maybe it would be helpful if you put yourself out and, you know, ask people about themselves rather than waiting for them to ask you about you, a kind of thing. I don't know why I'm going on about this, but I think um, there's some lesson in there um, you know, like when Denny said, when you were talking and he was thinking about what he wanted to say, so he kind of stopped listening. Uh, oh, I, you know, I do that all the time. It's like, oh, what can I say to fit in? Oh, wait, I haven't been paying attention. Um, yeah, I don't know where I'm going with this, but um, I, uh, I just wanted to share that and wondered if you had any thoughts about how to negotiate that. I mean, you know, it's like that, the, 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 those four uh, pairs, this one being praise and blame, you know, how do you negotiate that line? Yeah. That makes sense. I think, in a, I think in a way we don't negotiate it. We take a different option. So, with so much of this, it's very important to be present with it first and foremost, that we know what we're feeling, that we know we're feeling like we're superior or inferior or equal, that we know we feel like we fit in or we don't, we're, you know, like all of those things. And we're able to hold that with a kind of compassion and kindness that really allows allows it to be there and even the pain that we so much would like to push away whether it's emotional or physical if we can first and foremost allow it to be there and be present with it and bring some warmth around it some compassion some kindness some understanding because really if we had all the information about where this stream of consciousness that we think of as us, as our mind has been, we would be very much more understanding of what's going on. And, and then what? And then we, we can take a different option. We can start to develop that ability to step back from it, see it in context. And when I say that in context, what I mean is we can observe it from that awareness rooted in the Dhamma and we can see the space around it so that we're not caught up in it. Because what we're moving towards is feeling without being attached to that feeling. Recognizing what's happening without the attachment to it. So we don't have the aversion and pushing it away or the pulling it towards us or identifying with it. And it's, it's like we can't rush this because then it's not genuine. It's like, you know, we want to, we want to 
you know, we don't want to do any spiritual bypassing because that doesn't work either. But to really be able to, you know, take a breath, step back, you know, see it out in front of us and observe it, whatever it is. And again, you know, it's like the ways that we work with the practice of, you know, developing our moral virtue, developing our insight into the way things are. Like, in some sense, at some point, we can remind ourselves that this experience of coming back to I'm not as good or I'm better or I'm whatever is endless. It only comes to an end when we really see through it. And like I said, not to rush that because we want to put in the foundation and genuinely see through it. So it's there's never any aversion around it. It's all, oh yeah, this is this is what it means to be a human being and live a human life and be in this body and have this mind. And this is where I have some choice in how to be with it and how to work with it. And where I want the step I want to take in this direction that separates me from that very sensitive, difficult, and you know, overwhelming sometimes felt experience. And so that's what I would say. You know, it's it's um, it takes developing the skill to know how long to be with it. But it's all about being with it, well, being with the experience and not in it. And that's, that's where we can make some progress towards deep understanding of Dhamma. And so this um, you know, we, we, re, we forget and then we need to remember again and we'll start to gain more and more understanding of, you know, where things fit in context uh, so that we can know where to put our attention and how long to put our attention there and how to become free. free of those eight worldly winds. Yes, Grace? If you're finished. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, I wanted to share a little bit um, about what practicing non-harming and non-killing has given me with respect to this conversation. Um, because I think when I truly committed to not killing anything, after a while, I would see the ant on my bathroom wall and the aphids on the cucumber plant that I worked so hard to grow and the spiders on the bedroom ceiling. And I would see all these creatures that I used to kill. And I would think you are also worthy of love and respect. Mm -hmm. And I think when I was able to develop that for 
all living things. And I was able to feel that for the people who I didn't belong with. Um, and to better feel that for myself too. And then it was like, regardless of who they are and what our relationship is, every single person, every single sentient being worthy of love and respect, that doesn't mean we have to get along. Uh, that doesn't mean we have to be in the same room together if I can help it, you know? <laughs> um, but they and me and I, we are all worthy of love and respect. And that's given me a feeling of, even if I don't get along with the people in this room, even if I don't get along with the people that I'm working with at the moment or at this party with at the moment, uh, we are all worthy individually. I'm just gonna go home early. <laughs> Thank you, Grace. I mean, it starts to open up this sense that there isn't any place we don't belong. Mm -hmm. And it's beautiful. And I have that feeling that, you know, when the Buddha talked about all these different assemblies that he would be part of and speak to, there was no place he didn't belong, no matter what they thought of him. And isn't that really part of the practice, part of the development of the heart? Thank you. Karen. Thank you. I I just wanted to um, to say thank you to Danny for opening up his vulnerability. Um, I feel it takes a lot of courage to do that. Number one, so thank you. And also sharing from my own experience, I've I've had that before in the past. And quite honestly, to me, it it opens up your awareness of yourself um, and also it helps with your own self-healing. So I just wanted to share that and say thank you to Denny. Thank, thank you, Karen. Holly? Well, I feel like this has been a newsreel of my life. So thank you to everybody for sharing all of this. I was... And I was wishing for a few comments from you on uh, what the Buddha said and the value of sitting in an empty hut or the base of a tree. Uh, I've had um, a lot of like truth-telling value for me to sit alone or to sit in front of a mirror and look at myself. <laughs> it's been really revealing about my inner workings. But I think that sitting alone at the, sitting in an empty hut, sitting in an empty room, um, the, the path of the, the the Buddha left us is such a good fit for me. And part of it is the uh, suggestion that we do that amidst all the learning. Yes, thank you, Holly. And the Buddha certainly praised because he wanted us to be able to really meditate, you know, to let go of everything. 
Um, this, this letting go of everything, putting everything down, this quote of Ajahn Chai, he said, if you put everything down, if you, if you put everything down, you will see the truth. And if you don't, you won't. This is how it's always been. And, you know, when we go to the empty hut or the, the as close as we can get, the empty room, and we really can just be there and not have to think about what's coming next, then we have this chance to really put everything down. And we have this chance, you know, in order to put everything down, we have this chance to first be with, be with what's there, what arises in, from inside, see it for what it really is. That's how we put it down. It's really the Four Noble Truths. See the dukkha. See it the way it really is. Start to identify what, what's really behind it, what's the cause. And letting go of that. We feel the relief. Develop the path. Thank you. Thank you, Holly. Caridwin? Yeah, thank you, Aya. I, well, first I just want to say, um, I really relate. Um, I re related so much, Denny, when you were talking. Um, and um, thank you for saying all that. Um, I wanted to know what you thought, Aya, about um, when you're othered by others, like when you're not the person, you know, setting yourself apart and saying, I don't belong, but when it's others who are by you know their actions or their words um or their attitude um acting as if you don't belong and um i feel like that's sort of been my life's path like you know um being mixed race and feeling like you well i don't belong in this group and i don't belong in that group and being othered by those people um and, um, you know, being born female bodied, but not acting as girls would act. And so being othered by like, you, you don't act correctly to be a girl, you know, and now realizing <laughs> as a fully grown older adult, like, oh, the reason is I'm genderqueer. I've always been genderqueer. And there wasn't a word for it back then, you know, and you know, being disabled and living in a world where um, a lot of the world is just not accessible to me. Houses are not built, you know, for people who use a wheelchair or have accessibility issues. 
Um, you know, there's so many places that I cannot go. Um, and, um, you know, and even just like being the one person in the room who is having to lie down all the time because I can't, can't sit up most of the time. Um, feel and out and then the ways that like people treat someone who lived in a van and I've talked about that here you know like getting people banging on my door and saying what are you doing here and get out of here you don't belong here I mean like actually like saying those words to me you know and um so it really sort of feeds into that you know that feeling that I already have um so I'm curious, like how, how to apply this to those situations when it isn't just coming from within, but it's coming from without as well. Well, it's clearly no small thing. And I think you're right. You've, you've really, like, this is your, this is the theme of this lifetime. It looks like, you know, so your experience and inner wisdom about this might be much more than I can say. But, you know, recognizing how impactful it is to keep taking in these messages and, and to really be as conscious as we possibly can be about that and not believing what we hear. The, the problem I find with the mind is that it believes what it's told. You tell it something over and over again, and it takes it in and believes it at a very low level, deep level, kind of primitive, my primitive mind believes what I tell it. So I have to tell it the right things, things that are wise. And I think when that message is coming in so strongly from outside of us, if we can learn how to tell ourselves the truth about that over and over and over and over and over and over as much as needed um, to bring our own mind back into balance to not believe it. Developing the insight of the path is hugely helpful. Because then we can see what the Buddha saw that, you know, whether or not you have to lie down doesn't matter. Whether or not you're living in a van doesn't matter. Whether or not you have to be in a wheelchair, you know, the problem isn't the wheelchair, it's the accessibility of the environment. That doesn't matter. Whatever gender identification we have doesn't matter. Whatever gender we have doesn't matter. Whatever sexual orientation we have doesn't matter. Whatever kind of learning style we have doesn't matter. Our, our ethnicity doesn't matter. Our race doesn't matter. All of these things are labels that are given. Now, when I say that, I'm not talking about it, it matters hugely the way society holds these things and these labels and what they mean and the impact on us. I'm not saying that that doesn't matter. But in the 
in the context of our spiritual growth and development of what really makes a difference in terms of how we live a human life and what we take with us after death and how you know like those those four powers that i talked about the five fears that fall away are the fear of losing our livelihood the fear of getting a bad reputation the fear of um being timid in an assembly, the fear of death, and the fear of what happens after death. You know, we're in this for the long game. We're in this for the real future, not just that, oh, this life doesn't matter, just plug away through it, and then the next life is going to be better. I'm not saying that, but it's like really, really thinking about what matters. And so we have to be incredibly strong and find the people who who care about us and know that all those things in that list don't matter what matters is our development of wisdom our kindness our compassion our acceptance you know what you've learned is how to be accepting of other people we have to what develops in us then is this ability to have that love and respect for all beings, including those people who come up and are so hopping mad because we're in their space or we, we aren't like them and it's somehow threatening. We can have compassion and then stay away from them as much as we can, you know, find a place where, you know, people get this, um, you know, and, and so we have to really try to balance um, this out. I mean, I'm so lucky to live with someone who's Asian, Caucasian, and Mexican, that's two different people. <laughs> and to, to, to have people in our lives that, that have different experiences of the way they're treated by society so that we can see what matters and what doesn't matter and how we can try to counteract some of those toxic forces and messages and ignorance and you know do do what we can and, and so basically i think coming back again and again to the dhamma coming back again and again to looking to those people like ajahn brahm comes to mind you know the way he talks about how he worked with prisoners and the way he talked talks about ordaining people um, who have um, mental illness and, you know, ordaining people with all other kinds of differences and, you know, how to live in community and support each other and the kindness, the generosity, the open heartedness, the understanding of what are the distinctions that matter and what aren't. And we keep unearthing, at least I know for myself, I keep unearthing these ingrained habits and patterns of thinking and perceptions that need to be kind of 
exhumed and um, you know renovated <laughs> by by wisdom. Thank you for sharing that. Paula? Mm -hmm. This might open a different can of worms, and I'm aware we're getting short on time, but um, I've been struggling this last week or two about noticing the change in my relationships uh, with people close to me, um, and I feel like Listening to your talk today, uh, you've mentioned things like spiritual bypass, uh, identification of not self. And I am struggling to understand why I don't feel the way I used to feel towards people um, if I'm spiritual bypassing or uh, just shifting, but not understanding how to shift a little bit of nihilism, maybe, or maybe just having some low level depression or something. I just don't understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, I'm not sure if this is wholesome, not wholesome. I feel a little lost. And uh, sometimes the spiritual path can be really overwhelming. I just want to say that, you know, you're like trying to understand these huge concepts of impermanence, um, not self, dukkha I get, but I don't always <laughs> feel like I can apply that on a personal basis. It just doesn't, it's like, where am I? I I'm not here anymore. I don't. What am I supposed to do with that? That's how I feel unrelated. Thank you, Paula. There are many phases that we go through and feeling differently about the people in our life is, is part of what can happen. I think it's really good for you to name it as you are, you know, like seeing um, what what might be there underneath and and to really really look again i i think it might be helpful to talk about the details if you want to um because it can be different things uh, sometimes insight can cause us to feel differently about people and and then how do we relate? We kind of lose how we lose our old patterns of how we relate to people. And then we need to kind of see what the what the new patterns should be or what we want them to be. So we might need to get into some details to understand what's happening, what phase this is in. Sometimes we just try too hard. And we need to step back a little bit not that we let go of the practice but we come back to something very basic grounded you know today 
How'd I do with the five precepts? Okay. <laughs> you know, what am I really feeling? Things like that. Yeah, that makes sense. I've, I've sort of thought about that as like, why can't you just let all these complex ideas go and just work on your virtue and just just forget about it for a while. But instead, I signed up for a couple of courses. <laughs> I'm deep into doo-doo with like more coming my way. Um, but yeah. um, maybe I can do both. Yes, maybe you can watch the mind respond to all this knowledge and just see if you can put it down. Because that empty room, that empty hut, that's also where we, we leave all the thinking outside, <laughs> if we can, <laughs> to the degree we can. Um, yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Mira? Thank you. I just want to switch my view for a minute. Okay. I really have appreciated what you were saying so far, especially in response to Caridwin and like um, the the deeper the deeper understanding. It, I was listening to Ajahn Sumedho yesterday, and it was quite similar. Mm -hmm. And then I also just want to bring in this other piece that I personally have found important, which is being in a number of marginalized categories. I've also found the on the personal level like having time like immersed in immersed out in a group of people who I'm the same as to really find the kind of power or joy or connection in that is mm -hmm. has been personally for me very helpful and then allows me to access the other things at times more easily so I just wanted to join Karen when you and be we share some similar categories to add that in. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Mayra. It means so much to discover that we're not alone um, in whatever it is we're experiencing. And, you know, if, if we step back, we can definitely see, no, none of us are, none of us are the first ones to experience this, you know, it's like, so we, we kind of like find those kindred spirits. And, gain some support in that, it's helpful. Okay, my friends, we've used the, the time and I appreciate everyone's sharing. Thank you. And all of your work in the practice to open the heart and to gain the wisdom that the Buddha so beautifully laid out for us. So thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.